section sixty three of the united states this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox the world's story volume twelve the united states edited by eva march tappan section sixty three when israel putnam was captured by the indians an incident of the french and indian war seventeen fifty eight by oliver w b peabody in the month of august major putnam was deserted by the fortune which had hitherto attended him and encountered some of the most remarkable of those perils which give a character of romance to his personal history a corps of five hundred men under the command of major rogers and himself was detached to watch the enemy in the neighbourhood of ticonderoga when the party reached south bay it was separated into two divisions which were stationed at a considerable distance from each other but being discovered by the enemy it was deemed expedient to reunite them and to return without delay to headquarters at fort edward they were arranged for this purpose in three divisions rogers headed the right putnam the left and the central one was led by captain dalzell at the close of the first day's march they halted on the borders of clear river early the next morning major rogers with a strange disregard of those precautions to which the rangers were so often indebted for security amused himself by a trial of skill with a british officer in firing at a mark and this signal act of imprudence was followed by the loss of many lives molon the french partisan had been sent out with five hundred men to intercept the party and was at this moment lying scarce a mile from their encampment the sound of the firing guided him at once to their position and he posted his men in ambush along the outskirts of the forest near the paths through which they were to pass soon after sunrise the americans resumed their march through a thicket of shrubs and brushwood over land from which the timber had been partially cleared some years before and owing to the difficulty of forcing their way through these obstructions they moved in close columns putnam leading the way dalzell being stationed in the centre and rogers in the rear just as they had traversed the thicket and were about to penetrate the forest they were furiously attacked by the french and savages the assault however unexpected was sustained with gallantry and coolness putnam ordered his men to halt returned the fire and called upon dalzell and rogers to support him dalzell came immediately up but rogers instead of advancing to the aid of his associates stationed his men between the combatants and wood creek in order as he affirmed to guard against an attack in the rear or as was suspected by others to relieve himself from the necessity of making one in an opposite direction the action began to assume a desperate character putnam was determined to maintain his ground his soldiers as occasion required fought in ranks in the open spaces of the forest or fired from behind the shelter of the trees but his own few see chanced to misfire 
while he held its muzzle against the breast of an athletic savage thus defenceless he was compelled to surrender and his antagonist having bound him securely to a tree returned to the battle captain dalzell who now commanded maintained the fight with signal intrepidity but the provincials were compelled to retreat for a little distance closely followed by the savages exulting in their fancied triumph and rushing forward with shouts of victory the provincials rallied and drove them back beyond their former position and the battle here grew warmer than before the tree to which putnam was secured was thus brought midway between the combatants in the centre of the hottest fire of both and he stood wholly unable to move his body or even to incline his head in the midst of a shower of balls of which many lodged in the tree above him and several passed through the sleeves and skirts of his coat in this position than which it would be difficult for the imagination to conceive one more appalling he remained for more than an hour each of the parties meanwhile giving ground several times in succession but not so far as to place him beyond the field of contest once when the provincials had retired a little and the savages were near him a young indian amused himself by throwing his tomahawk at the tree apparently to ascertain how nearly he could cast it to the body of the prisoner without striking him and the weapon more than once lodged in the tree within a hair's breadth of the mark when this barbarian grew weary of his sport a french subaltern drew near and levelled his musket at putnam's breast fortunately it missed fire it was in vain that the latter claimed the treatment due to him as a prisoner of war the frenchman instead of desisting pushed him violently with his musket and after dealing him a severe blow upon the cheek with the butt-end of his piece left him to his fate after a long and gallant contest the provincials remained in possession of the field the enemy were routed with the loss of ninety of their number and retired taking with them their prisoner who was destined to undergo still greater suffering when the indians had retreated to a considerable distance from the field of the battle they deprived major putnam of his coat vest stockings and shoes bound his hands tightly together and piled the packs of a number of the wounded on his back in this wretched condition exhausted by fatigue and severely suffering from the injuries he had received he was forced to march for many miles through a mountainous and rugged tract until the party overcome with weariness at length halted to rest themselves meantime the tightness of the cords around his wrists had caused his hands to swell and made them exquisitely painful the blood was flowing from his torn and naked feet the weight of his burden became intolerable to his exhausted frame and he entreated the savages to loose his hands or to release him from his sufferings by death a french officer interposed removed the ligatures and relieved him of a portion of his burden the indian who had made him captive and who had remained behind to attend to the wounded also came up provided him with moccasins and expressed much indignation at the treatment which he had received but soon went back without taking measures to secure him against its repetition a spot for the evening's encampment was selected and the indians taking with them major putnam went thither in advance of the rest of the party on the way he experienced fresh outrages and was deeply wounded on the cheek by a blow from a tomahawk he had been thus far spared for a darker purpose it had been resolved that he should perish at the stake with all those refinements of torture by which the savages knew how to enhance the bitterness of death 
the depths of the forest were chosen as the scene of sacrifice the victim was bound entirely naked to a tree large piles of fuel were laid in a circle around him and while these fearful preparations were in progress they were rendered more appalling by the wild songs and exultations of the indians when all was ready and their victim was awaiting the hour of death with the fortitude which never failed him the fire was set to the fuel about him but a sudden shower extinguished the flames after repeated efforts the blaze began to rise from every portion of the circle putnam's hands were closely bound but he was still able to move his body and his convulsive writhing to avoid the flame gave infinite diversion to his tormentors who accompanied their orgies with songs and dances and their usual terrific expressions of delight all hope of relief was now at an end and nature was beginning to yield to the excess of suffering when a french officer rushed through the throng dashed aside the blazing brands and cut the cords of the prisoner a savage touched by some sudden impulse of humanity had hurried to inform malang of the proceedings of his fellows and it was this brave partisan himself who had thus at the last extremity redeemed from the most horrible of deaths a gallant foe after sternly reprimanding the indians for their cruelty he took putnam under his protection until he could restore him to his savage master the kindness of this master for so the indian who captured putnam was considered bore some resemblance to the tender mercies of the wicked he appeared to feel for the sufferings of his prisoner and finding that he was unable to eat the hard bread set before him in consequence of the injury inflicted by the frenchman moistened it with water for his relief apprehensive however that putnam might take advantage of the darkness to escape he removed his moccasins and tied them to his wrists then placed him on the ground upon his back and extending his arms as far asunder as possible secured them to two young trees his legs were next secured in the same ingenious manner several long and slender poles were next cut and laid together with bushes transversely across putnam's body on the extremities of these lay several indians in such a manner that the slightest effort to escape must awaken them having completed this singular cage the indians were content with the provision they had made for his safe-keeping and in this particularly inconvenient prison putnam spent the dreary night that followed his release from death he was accustomed to relate that even while thus reposing he could not refrain from smiling as he thought of the odd subject for the canvas which was presented by the group of which he constituted the most prominent figure but his merriment was probably of short duration next morning he was released from durance and provided with a blanket some bear's meat was given him to allay his hunger and he was permitted to resume his march without a burden some vexation was occasionally shown by the savages by menacing signs and gestures on account of the loss of their expected entertainment but they were no longer suffered to molest him and he reached ticonderoga the same night without experiencing further violence on his arrival there he was placed in the custody of a french guard after having been examined by montcalm major putnam was transferred to montreal he was conducted thither by a french officer from whom he received a courtesy and kindness which were the more welcome from the indignities he had so lately suffered several american prisoners were in that city at the time among the number was colonel peter schuyler when he heard of the arrival of putnam colonel schuyler hastened to ascertain the place of his abode the provincial major had been suffered to remain without a coat vest or stockings the remnant of his clothing was miserably tattered 
and his body exhibited serious marks of the violence he had endured colonel schuyler when he came into his presence was so affected by the sight that he could hardly in the language of humphreys contain his speech within limit consistent with the prudence of a prisoner and the meekness of a christian he immediately supplied his countrymen with all that his necessities required and after securing to him by the most active intercession the treatment to which his rank entitled him found means to render him a more important service the capture of frontenac by the british occasioned an exchange of prisoners of which putnam reaped the benefit by a stratagem of colonel schuyler there were several officers among the prisoners whose claim to be exchanged was superior to his and schuyler fearing that the opportunity might be lost if the character of the prisoner should be known prevailed upon the governor to permit him to name an officer to be included in the cartel he then assured his excellency that he should name an old provincial major who was of no service there or elsewhere but was very anxious to return to his wife and family in preference to the young men who had no families to care for End of section sixty three. This recording is in the public domain.